0: Kia ora ea and welcome to Generally Famous. I'm Simon Bridges and every week I talk to generally famous but always interesting guests about life, love and what makes them tick. This week, after a, well not after, during, with a successful media career over 15 years, an extensive background in broadcasting on TV and radio and more recently amazing on dancing with the stars Brody kane hi simon sorry i shouldn't have done that sure sorry (laughs) we've we've... she started with the sledging in her first two words no
1: but it's because you did i always remember you you've always been such a good sport and kind of taking the piss out of yourself which i've always appreciated and i there's this great video that you did with me uh when i was working at the hits in christchurch and yes. you were actually the leader of the national party at the yes. time and who, i, and I who said, would believe that yeah now. i know <laughs> no i didn't mean that um and i said hi i'm simon bridges and then you pushed me out of the way and you went no hi i'm simon bridges so <laughs> i do appreciate your self-deprecation
0: thank you um <laughs> speaking of kind of radio and all of that you, i mean you are and you're definitely generally famous i feel like we're at peak brodie Kane at the moment oh do you, you? are everywhere i look
1: Oh, so you've got to be careful with that, eh? You don't want to be thrashed around and people get sick of you, though.
0: Overexposed. you to try and sort of find the balance, yeah. Well, look, I turned on ZM last night. <laughs> Emlyn, you turned old, on ZM. Emlyn, my 10-year-old son, did, oh. to be fair, <laughs> and there you were!
1: Yeah, well, that's that's the beauty of um, being back up in Auckland, I suppose, is the sort of, w- once you're in the thicker yep. things, you're sort of uh, around and able to be called up to do things kind yes. of last minute. So, yeah, jumped yeah. on ZM, was great.
0: Because you are from... Chicha 03 you're from Christchurch
1: yeah born and bred Christchurch whereabouts uh, so the first seven years of living I was in we were in South Brighton right um,
0: just so down not. the road
1: from the beach yeah and then it's when got I got a nice pier well that's New Brighton
0: Oh, is this completely different? You got it? South
1: Brighton, New oh, Brighton, no North New then. Brighton, just down
0: from New Brighton, right? Yeah,
1: South. Coincidentally,
0: oh, I just feel like it's very that pier is very sort of English.
1: It's a great pier. The New Brighton pier is a fantastic. And is pear.
0: it I, my wife takes the mickey because it's like pier and pear and bear and bear. I don't know which pier that is, but pier a pier. I don't know,
1: but but anyway, so that's where I was, South Brighton, for seven years. Then we moved out to. Waikoku Beach, which is about 30 k's north of Christchurch. Right. And lived there, grew up there, um, and mum, mum's still out there at Waikoku mm. Beach. Um, so it's Waikoku's like
0: home. Wonderful. And I may even be wrong about this, but I'm presuming you went to the famous, whatever it is, Canterbury Broadcasting School or something? No. Okay. I
1: actually went to university.
0: Right. I went what?
1: To, yeah. I went to Canterbury University. You're Uni- educated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what have you got?
1: I've got a bugger all in right. uh, political science. Oh, of course, yeah. And mass communication. i got one of
0: those, too. Yeah.
1: And yeah. then I got a postgraduate de- degree in journalism, which was under Jim Tully yeah. there as well. It was so, sort of a bit
0: of a legend. Yeah. 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 So, he's um, probably still around. And he absolutely hopefully is. Hopefully, he's going to listen to this. It's a new that's a new subscription. Subscribe now, generally famous. No, anyway, hashtag Jim
1: Tully's got quite high standards. Oh,
0: you're just like, uh, let's have it out right now. You're a little bit passive aggressive with me. I feel like whenever we meet, there's a little bit. That's political, isn't it? It's because you're sort of tribally Labour. Or something. Well and no, you I just of, like And you just basically you're just stereotyping me as a Tory. Well, I just feel like you're the kind like but you gotta give politicians shit. You're politicians. Oh, you wouldn't with Saint Jacinda, you'd be all over No. Be, oh, I, amazing, I, would, I,
1: I would I'd i I'd give her a you know, I'd give her a yarn. Yeah. If she needed a yarn. Okay, so yeah. I just
0: need to not take things so personally. Yeah, I think Be so. Be less of a pedal. Yeah. Okay, so, so you did that. So you're Jacinda's
1: actually, obviously also a little bit cooler than you. Like she's dj and stuff. You know, like have you so have you beautiful. got on the decks lately? I think you
0: need to. I think you need to get up to speed with where Auckland's at at the moment, my friend. It's things have moved on a little bit. Have they? Yeah, uh, but look, let's not <laughs> dwell on that. Um, and so, so you did all that. You're overqualified, and then you come out, and then you're in the. And then you're in the media game. What's your first gig, job, so, so role? So the
1: first job that I did, so I finished uni at the end of 2007, moved straight up here to Auckland and um, jumped into the Radio Live, as it was then, right. Radio Live newsroom. Yep. Um, and that was in, like, uh, the basement of one of the old MediaWorks buildings on Ponsonby Road. Yes. And, yeah, I do
0: vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was yep. sort of
1: like you entered through this back street um, to go in there. And so that was a small team. um.
0: What and you were so you news. You. you were a young news you sort of jack of all trades Geno. Uh,
1: well, the second day on the job, it was such a small team that you were just absolutely thrown into the deep end. So, the second day of my first job, I had to go to the depositions hearing of the Kahui Twins murder investigation. Mm-hmm. So. And I and I remember um, Kevin Hurcock, my boss at the time. Oh,
0: my wife used to whip Kevin.
1: <laughs> he literally whipped me out a piece of. At the time, it was NZPA, the New Zealand Press Association used to you used to pay the for their copy. So he just whipped me out a one page uh, A four NZPA copy and was like, "Off you go down to court."
0: What could possibly go wrong? Yeah,
1: exactly. So. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a great job, though. Small, so, as I was say, it?
0: You weren't sort of straight into sort of, I don't know, light and fluffy no. cats up a tree, you yeah. know, interview Granny Smith about, you know, how sad she is about that. You were in the deep end.
1: Yeah, well, it, it was. The, the, I mean, I worked there for nearly oh, three and a half or so years. And, yeah, I did cover the the Kahui trial, um, the near Glassy trial in Rotorua, mm. Anthony Dixon. Um, I went down to Napier when... Um, the Napier siege happened. Yes. Um, so, yeah, th- there were some massive stories that I covered. But then I, I did also get to do... Like, I remember actually... <laughs> I remember getting sent to Fashion Week in my first year as a journalist and I thought that that would be really exciting. I was like, oh, OK, all the cool people and and stuff and, you know, agonising over what to wear um hot tip for anyone attending fashion week don't wear heels because you're standing around all day right. you know just it was a bad idea yes but I get there and I'm so I'm sitting in these fashion shows and then I'm expected to file like a, a voice report so you'd usually write a sort of a third you know you'd be like th- 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 there'd be an intro and then it's like Brody Kane is done at fashion week and you'd be like Bla, blah 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 from from fashion week for radio live I'm Brody Kane but I was like what do you what am I supposed to say like what is it? The radio. The are looking good yeah. today. Yeah,
0: florals in
1: spring. Lime you know.
0: and blue. Yeah,
1: I had no idea. <laughs> I just sort of t- t- looked around to see the who's who of who were there and sort of faffed my way through a couple of voice reports. Because, uh,
0: like, you know, I'm to be careful what I say here as a 45, almost 46 year old uh guy um with my sort of demographics but like you were looking very glamorous today i think this is just this is the run of the mill yeah this is, you didn't yeah. even you didn't even try this morning <laughs> no I, I, you know, I, I, it was a, you know it was a chat with the bridges you're not going to mean whereas if it was just Cindy, you sort of you know you would have but would really? be going
1: partying, to, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel uh, like, w- no, because I, a lot of the time I work from home. Yes. So when you're working from home, I'm in my, in PJ, my trackies PJs. and, yeah, and yeah, you know, so I do like to make an effort when I'm leaving the house.
0: I sort of hadn't realised, but it makes a lot of sense because you're also a bit of an athlete and we'll come to that. But you, so you, and you spent quite a lot of time as a sports juno.
1: When I was at Radio Live and then News Talk ZB, you kind of got to do a bit of everything. Mm. Um, so you, I covered a bit of sport, having an interest in it, and, all, and it was always interest in it. And then, but actually, then ne- and then when I worked on Seven Sharp and was in Christchurch, um, you got to cover all the sport because you were the I was the only reporter mm. down there. Then came the breakfast presenting job for sport, and that was a new role. Right. they had created when there was a new look. Breakfast team brought forward. Who was
0: presenting it at that stage? That was
1: Hilary Barry and Jack Tame. Yep. And then um, Daniel Faitawa was the newsreader, and then Sam for a bit was still on weather, and then Maddie came in, um, and I was sports. So it was that was actually a really tough job because I had never, um, I'd never presented so to speak. I'd never read an auto cue. I didn't know all the sort of studio ins and outs, and also had to sort of be the the one-man band sports show so it was a
0: break for you I mean there was that was a big break you were on telly Um, Well, I'd been
1: on telly for quite a few years prior go and stuff yeah Um, but this was the first sort of presenting gig so um, it was hectic it was hard um, but also great opportunity to get around the country and meet people.
0: And did you, like my sense is you did, because you're you know, very sporty and you, you you love all of that, you enjoyed that role? Loved it. And how's sports sort of journo work and presenting? How's that different from the other stuff? I, I, I suppose what I'm asking you is I just sort of sense that would be quite a different gig. You're dealing with quite different characters. It's not like... Yeah, crusty, overweight politicians, you know, coming into the hits and trying to be every men people and, you know, what is this? It's it's quite, yeah, it's this real scene.
1: Well, I did, fun, funny story for you, I did actually apply to be a political reporter yep. once um, for TVNZ. Didn't get it, which I think I'm, no, I'm absolutely okay with because I feel like. It's a very specific kind of Quite role, and you get tr- get sucked into a vortex, don't mm. you, of of Wellington, mm. of the Beehive. But um, so, I've, I have always been interested in politics. But what I actually think was interesting was when I was like younger, a, a younger junior, it was like hard news, and I always wanted to go overseas and be a foreign correspondent, and really loved, you know, working in in straight news, um, breaking news, that kind of thing. It wasn't actually until I got a job on seven sharp Mm. and if you remember back in the first year of seven sharp it got an absolute flogging everyone Mm. had it was almost that was the first show where everyone in twitter was alive and kicking and everyone chimed in on their opinion on it because what it was trying to do um was kind of be a lighter version of a a news show Mm. and that was an interesting year to be involved in it but also that was a year where you know, a a few of my kind of, I guess, mentors and bosses were like, you actually quite suit a personality style of of reporting. You know, I kind of like grappled with that because I was like, but I want to be taken seriously, you know. But then ultimately, as I sort of developed, you're like, well, actually, you can do both. You absolutely can do both. But I feel like when um, going into sport, um, sport, brings people so much joy. Yes. Um you know, as we've seen in the in the pandemic, it's one of those things that you know, when we all got to watch the Olympics, it reminded us of how how much it can give us and yeah. and how amazing athletes can be. So for me, sport was 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 fun because you know it can make you cry and laugh and have all the emotions and stay up overnight and watch you know Wimbledon final and things like that so I just I, I love that role and I'm actually about to
0: um yeah do more of that I think
1: yeah I'm just about to work uh on the Rugby World Cup which yep.
0: starts in Auckland
1: the Amazing. women's which I'm so excited
0: about I don't feel like but maybe it's just me because I am a little bit under the rock I don't feel like that's had the profile it deserves so far
1: I would say that I've seen... Because it's massive. It is massive. And I, and I have seen a lot around... I think Auckland can be a funny place as well. Like, um, you know, when you live in Christchurch and something's happening, everyone's, like, talking about it. But Auckland are like, on the day, oh, yeah, oh, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, off we go. So yeah. I hope that we see... People getting amongst it because well, it'll it be it, incredible. Yeah,
0: I hope it gets the crowds and the hoopla it deserves. Your favourite sports, like, and when you know, I'm thinking about you as a journo back then, but you can answer it more generally if you want, like. What are what are the ones you're into and that you like to follow and you were sort of, yeah.
1: I like lo- I I do enjoy watching tennis. Yep. I love watching. Me too. I, like you know watching Rafa and um, play with Federer last week. It was like and in their last guy ga- and mm. Federer's last game. Um, I really enjoy rugby. I love rugby league. Mm. Um, And then I get really, like, fizzed up when it's Olympics or Commonwealth Games time as well. Um, I don't... The worst thing is... um, What ones don't you like, then? Which ones don't I like? I'll be brutally honest with you. I really struggle to watch golf. Yes. I appreciate it. But if you were like, hey, we're going to sit down and watch golf today, I'd be like, are we... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I struggle with that. I love cricket, not not big on the on the test on the five no. days, but bit one long. day or twenty twenty, I'm like, yeah. let's go.
0: I like to say I'm a bit. I admire the test cricket as a thing, but it's not. You know, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Um, so, so your favourite sort of sporting characters, like if you think back to that time, but. Um, you know the ones you say you, they were always good for a comment. They were gonna give you something. They weren't gonna kind of do this monosyllabic um, all black coach stuff. No, yes we played well. Kind of who the one the characters you liked?
1: Well, that was always a great. That's what I always thrived on a great challenge being. Um, it's particularly <laughs> Bring something out of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, but w- and, and and show and, me
0: some emotion.
1: Yeah, well I remember going um, one time down to an All Blacks uh, press conference, and it was I think. It, it might have been 2018. Basically, the All Blacks were about to ch- break the world record for the most consecutive wins. Yes. They were, I think they were playing Australia at Eden Park. And so I rocked down there. And, you know, you're you're there and you're sitting in the press conference. And I think I'm pretty sure I was the only chick there at, th- at that one. And there's all these boring questions being asked. And you're just like... And so then I wanted to... <laughs> I, I, I was able to interview Bowden Barrett. And I remember being like, what am I going to do that's, you know, because then you sometimes you're like, oh, am I trying to force being wacky and funny? But he let me stick post-it notes on his face because <laughs> I was like, let's try and break another world record. And it was trying to stick the most post-it notes on your face within a minute.
0: Well, you probably broke that record for um, New Zealand rugby players or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then we had like Sonny Bill Williams got, in the, for one part of breakfast, we had a breakfast truck which you could go live in. Sonny Bill Williams came and, and, and drove around with me for an hour in the car. We ordered McDonald's drive through. Um, so actually when you can get past the gatekeepers, they're all fantastic. Joseph and Parker. Up for that stuff. Joseph Parker is amazing. Like he, he's um I've interviewed him a lot over the years. We got him in when I worked on Fairgo, Go and he built he, he took part in our flat pack challenge, like seeing how fast he could build a flat pack. Bedside cabinet. He was. He actually won. He oh, was the fastest. I would have
0: been terrible at that.
1: Um. Yeah. I hate it. Like
0: they'd be like the. That's like a nightmare.
1: Yeah. I. I. I don't. I don't flat pack. Oh, oh never.
0: Um. So.
1: But then, of course, um, right. I've had a lot to do with um, the Black Ferns. Um, one of my favourite people is Ruby Tui mm. um, she's just remarkable and so friendly and so approachable and then of course Dame Lisa Carrington mm. is another one who, Agent. who I actually used to do surf club with back in the day mm. um, and and like Emma Twigg like yep. Emma Twigg is one of the greatest female sports stars in New Zealand mm. and I, she she when when the first lockdown happened I did lockdown with mum, and we did it. We started the Joe Bro show, and yes. we interviewed um, well-known Kiwis every night during that. Oh, first and you had these
0: characters, right? Yeah, we, yeah. every
1: night. Um, and then so Emma Twig was a big fan of the Joe Bro show. And then one day she messaged me like a few months later, and she was like, "Hey, I'm down in Christchurch. Are you running this weekend? I'd love to come running with you." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Um, y- yes, absolutely." And then I was like, "Okay, we're going up Mount Richardson." Da, da 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 she's like, Oh gosh, I've googled it now, I'm really nervous and I was like Look, you- <laughs> um I can assure you you've got nothing You'll to be will okay. Yeah, Yeah. So she came running with us and now she's a good pal. Oh, and that's she came amazing. back to my house and mum cooked us breakfast and Fantastic. I actually think we've we're very lucky here in Aotearoa that we have like our sports stars do remarkable things. Yes. But they're just human. Like they're just like. Us. They're ordinary. Yeah. You know,
0: they still go for a poo. They do oh all my these gosh. things.
1: Okay, moving right along.
0: Sorry, so anyway, the picture I'm getting is that you, um, by this time, you're actually a really experienced broadcaster and journalist. You know, you've been a fair go. You've been on Seven Sharp. You've done the breakfast thing and so on. And if you look back on the um, legends of broadcasting and presenting and so on you work with, I mean, who are some of your faves?
1: Uh, People that I've worked with? Yeah, yeah. well, I
0: mean, it doesn't have to be, but... Well,
1: one of um, of my... favourite journalist and also a good friend but was also such an incredible mentor to me was Ali Moore mm. and Ali I remember took me out uh, a couple of, on a couple of occasions when I was about to start working in front of camera and taught me how to do piece to cameras and um, taught me how to look look down the barrel of a camera and, and stuff like that so she always Took the time. Um, I was is, ch-
0: is there an art to this, though? Why just, you don't just kind of look at it?
1: Well, basically, okay. I would, well, yeah, no, I will share this. So <laughs> I'm like, is this a trade secret? No. So she was basically like, look through the camera like you're looking at your closest mates. You've just come home from work and you're telling them about your day. That's the kind of warmth and engagement that you want through the camera. So instead of looking at the camera, you're imagining a whole bunch of people sitting there listening to everything you, you've you got to say. And so she was also like, you know, don't be afraid to take them with you. So th- that was sort of more of a different style than your, I guess, six o'clock news where you do have to just pretty much stand there and deliver, but, you know, take the people with you and, and encourage the camera to follow you, follow you and, and stuff like that. So I always took that, as some of the most valuable advice,
0: and she didn't have to say, she didn't have to pull you aside and give you a bit of that. And no, it was an act of kindness.
1: But I was really lucky when I my first job at TVNZ was actually as an associate producer on Q and A. Right. So I worked on that for a year. That sounds
0: very earnest and serious, Brody Kane.
1: Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was very serious. Um, I do actually. <laughs> Did you have a clipboard? I actually remember this is quite a funny story. Um, John Key was the prime minister at the time. And I I remember he was coming in from for an interview, um, in in the Auckland TVNZ office, and I was actually quite hungover, and he was. <laughs> well, always, doesn't happen often. No, no, but I it was one of those nights where I was like, oh, I'll just have a couple more, and then you wake, and then you you know it was silly, foolish anyway. And so then I go go downstairs to greet him at the lift, and I was like, I actually still think there's alcohol coming out of my pores. So I was like, he walks in, I was like, good morning, Prime Minister. And then sort of almost tried to hold my breath. And he just sort of silent looking at me and he's like, big night. So <laughs> most of the time, completely professional, couple of slip ups along the way. But he was always a good sport.
0: Kia I'm Adam Blair, I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos, and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and, of course, everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blair and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, I've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And so then, of course, you're at the Hits Christchurch or the Big Anchor or whatever we call them. And um, how long was that for?
1: Oh, COVID's really mucked my kind of sense of time and years. Feels so like I it was a while, it was, though. It was, it was like two and a half right. years. So I went down there. Um, I've, as you know, started on radio. Have always loved radio. Went down there, took the job, took it as a challenge because yep. the the show. The, the station down there, it was, like, not not rating amazingly. So the challenge was to get some more listeners. Um, and so I worked with Dave Fitzgerald. And, yeah, the, the idea was to just keep – it was a local show, so it was, you know, Canterbury. So it was just, like, pushing local, celebrating local. There's not that
0: much local stuff anymore. No, the... there's
1: really not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, we you know, we worked really, really hard and loved it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, we sort of did that, and COVID I, hit. Well, no, COVID was definitely on the uh, on the outskirts. Yes, but just before it really kicked off in New Zealand, is when we we got made redundant, and it, and it was really out of the blue. Like we we were like, right. oh, right, didn't see this coming. Like didn't hmm. see didn't see it coming at all. And then sort of as the next sort of few weeks transpired, then. Then COVID hit, and it was like, oh, okay.
0: And I, I I might be fundamentally making this up, but I feel like, you know, you were just devastated by that.
1: Well, I just wasn't expecting it.
0: Yeah, which I is was... sort of the worst, right? Because yeah. it, it's all fine if you can sort of see it coming and you're thinking about your exit strategy and you say, you know, that's going to be good. Actually, I've got this, this, and this. But so it happens, and Yeah. yeah.
1: It was. Uh, do you know what though? Someone said to me very early on, "You mustn't take it personally," and that was really good advice. Yeah. Um. It's sort of able to sort of like clear that kind of mm. oh, what what did I do wrong type thing, but uh, but
0: hard to though.
1: Yeah. I yes. Yes and no. I feel. I feel like I did that more, but then the sort of when you w- without a job and then you know lockdown hit and then all these other media companies are blowing out and and shutting down and people are losing their jobs it was like oh, i don't, i'm not going to get a job anywhere no one's going to leave their jobs voluntarily no. and i was down in christchurch so i just was sort of like what on what the hell am i going to do but mm. you know luckily i had a bit of time on my hands to think about that
0: at home yes and 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 you know i think what you've also said is it shook things up in a good way
1: it did I think a lot of people, the funny thing is when you talk about being made redundant, the redundancy club is quite large. Yeah. And and you actually um, can have. happens to everyone over a career? Absolutely. (laughs) How many times have you been made redundant?
0: Hey, I I chose. Was it it redundancy? I've I've (laughs) chosen myself. Buddy, <laughs> but, What is it? <laughs> this is not you, are Brady, the no. Brady. Brady, This is not about me. Oh, but you know, I was always going to come in and is, take this, the piss this a this little is, bit. This is all about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting. To, I'm getting in your head. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so moving right, Brody Kane Media. Yeah, is like a company.
1: It is. A, it is registered. Which it sounds is a quite
0: sort of like something. Yeah. And uh, how's it going?
1: It's actually great. I. Um, you know, the first sort of year again was twenty twenty, and it was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give this a crack. I don't entirely have a business plan, but I'm going to try and do some of the things that I have a skill set in, yeah. and see how that goes. Hmm. It sort of evolved, and and I would say is still evolving. But what's sort of come to the forefront of that is podcasts. Yeah. Um, so I host two and manage another two yeah. at the moment. Um. I absolutely love the space, and so that's a big chunk of where I see the business growing. Yep. Um, and then I guess the the other stuff is is still just me at the moment. Um, as I say, you know, contracting, freelancing out, um, in radio, ZM yesterday, television, yep. Yep. Um, and I and I do a bit of social media, bit as of well. dancing,
0: bit of dancing, yeah, amazing. So that's all exciting, but I. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I imagine it's also hard. I mean, at one level, it's like, oh, my God, I've got to get up in the morning and make something happen because I'm not just walking in um, hungover as associate producer of (laughs) Q&A meeting the Prime Minister and they'll pay me anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and yeah, if you're hungover and you decide not to work that day, well, who's paying you, you know? Basically, at the moment, I'm still in that phase where pretty much a massive chunk of the work that I'm doing is not paid. Yeah. So like most of the hours I work during the week, are just grinding away with the vision that it is all going to work. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, really uh, lucky and grateful that another skill set of mine, like MC work and like public speaking, pays the bills. Can pay the bills while I carry on with my vision and my dream. So that's sort of how it works at the moment.
0: What What have been your learnings, as a as a businesswoman?
1: One of them, actually I've got two. So um, one of them is always to ask and seek out help from people that yeah. are in a, either a similar position or you, you've learnt from in the past. Yep. Because what we like to do is we feel like, like and I often feel this, you, you have a sense of pride, I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. and often we see asking for help um, as a sign of weakness or failure mm. well I learned pretty early on that actually it's not and the more you open yourself up to people's suggestions constructive criticism um, the 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 more you can sort of develop mm. so I think it's particularly in in that space it's also really good to be vulnerable and and people are only too willing to help yeah. you and um, the second thing is and this is one that I always have to pull myself back on is when you sort of like well for me when I'm working for myself have all these different goals it can be quite easy to feel like you have to have 20 things on the go at once because you're like I want to you know I want to do this podcast and I want to open this but I want to pitch this travel show and I want to do this and I want to do this and so when you've got all these things in your mind it sort of clouds uh, just the main focus that you that you should be um, working towards. So Definitely. I like to go do it properly one at a time. So that's what that's what I've been trying to learn. So at the moment, it's like right, let's get these podcasts really hissing. Let's get them all ready to go and 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 sell them and and get that going. And so that's a priority now doesn't mean that you can't do the other stuff but don't try and do it all at the same time because you'll end up sort of just spreading yourself totally too thin and not doing a good job at the you know the main one that is
0: great learning and i i say to my valued colleagues uh, who are amazing and have these great enthusiasms and ideas that's awesome um but Implementation of some of them is the most important thing, yeah. right? Because you otherwise, know, you, you're like, oh, yeah.
1: what am yeah. I doing? Oh, I'm what sort about busy? over here? Let's go yeah. do
0: this one. Yeah, and no, I think that's right. And you've, you've moved from Christchurch to Auckland. Do you just quietly, is there, because my sense would be you are a fierce Cantabrian, is there a little sneaky, quiet sense of betrayal there or
1: no? No, I, I've always loved Auckland. I've actually spent most of my career up here. So, obviously, moved up here when I was 21. I've I, I've always loved Auckland. I love Christchurch. Yep. Um but I'm not sort of one of the apart from when obviously the Crusaders are playing, I'm not I, I you know, people always go, Ah, oh, Auckland and I'm like, Well, I'm not that kind of person. I and I have think, moved I have moved yes. from Christchurch to Auckland so many times. And so. I think
0: the parochialism has um is not What it was twenty years ago is my sense. I feel like people are less parochial around New Zealand. I don't know.
1: I feel like as well. Most people that all sort of comment about it haven't lived in Auckland or or whatever. But for me, it's a great city to live in, um, and and it's where I want to and need to be right now. So What, what do
0: you miss about Christchurch?
1: My appearance. Yeah. Um, I miss the I miss running in the Port Hills. Yep. I miss the dog. I miss my friends down there, but I, but I don't, and I, I miss the I had quite a good training lifestyle down there, so I had a really great bunch of mates that I'd train with and stuff. Mm. Um, so I miss the miss that element of the of the lifestyle down there that you can jump in the car and go for a paddle in the Waikareti River and then go and half an hour over and go and run a run an amazing trail. So I miss that kind of s- stuff.
0: Yeah, Canterbury's amazing for that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. But
1: I'm very happy to be back up here.
0: And what do you like about Tamaki Makoto?
1: I like that all my best mates are here. Yep. Um, I love that it's a, a busy, vibrant city with people getting on and doing it. And yep. um, and I and I Because I love the hustle. I love, you know, meeting people and, and connecting and all of that. I love the beaches. The beaches are beautiful. Mm. Um it's got a good vibe. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, you know, there's a there's a lot to it that um is, you know, a bit cooked. <laughs> Traffic and only one bridge and now it gets too windy and it's like sorry, you can't go over there. But you know, in my kind of line of work, it's a great place to live. And um I mean it's a miserable day out there today, but it's not cold. Like it's better climate. Yeah. Um. Again, some good, some good places to go running and stuff like that as
0: well. That's for sure. Dancing with the stars. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Did you enjoy it? Yes,
1: I did. It was also the hardest thing I've ever done.
0: Because it's what, incredibly intense.
1: Well, if you think about it, yeah, very intense. But also, you know, we are, we get, when you're an adult, when you get to yeah, like adult life, you tend to do most most of the stuff you do is you're either good at or you enjoy it you know what i mean you stay pretty well in your comfort zone yeah. this was 10 weeks <laughs> completely out of your comfort zone learning something that you're not naturally no. good at and then oh by the way we'll chuck you on telly to do it <laughs> you know so so me i, I mean I, I was really i was really fit physically yes. when i went into it because i'd been training for the coast to coast but so that that element
0: But I presume I'm making a massive presumption here but you know my sense is you doing all that kind of athletic work you end up being not that flexible. And oh then, yeah yeah yeah.
1: Terrible, and then you're sort yeah. of
0: and then you're meant to be kind yeah. of touching your toes and yeah. doing pirouettes and all this sort of stuff. Yeah,
1: my hip flexors are absolutely shot. So yeah that was always a challenge but it was the mental challenge actually but also yeah you and and it was just this this weekly cycle of emotions that you knew were coming so <laughs> you'd, you'd build up to the live shows and you'd be like Ugh, like oh my god what, what's gonna happen i'm gonna <laughs> fall on my face I'm gonna fall down the stairs you would think about all that kind of stuff and you had practiced your routines so many times but for yeah. whatever reason you'd be like oh what's the first step you know just all of the all of that kind of sheer panic um but it was, and and then you then someone would get voted off. So on Monday night you were like, you were furious and sad <laughs> and emotional, and then you'd had no sleep. But then you'd get back, and then on Tuesday you had to learn two new dances.
0: And by your own estimation, how do you reckon you went? And would you do um, would you change anything about what you did? No, no, do not, all not at all. Uh, yeah, you gave your best every time.
1: Yeah, and actually, it wasn't until week five because it was a six week it was a short and usually they go for 10 weeks but this was a shortened season that's why we had to learn two dances every week but it wasn't until week five that i actually reflected on the fact that i had quite significantly improved because you just as i say in that cycle you've just thought you've nailed a dance then Mm. you forget it and you've got a new one to dance so i wasn't really paying much attention to whether I was improving or not. you just sort of in mm. survival mode. Yes. But it was actually when, uh, yeah, when we got sort of to that business end, it was like, actually, you're actually doing quite well. Yeah. And then it was like, it was getting closer and closer to potentially making the final and being like, am I going to get to dance to Proud Mary? This could actually be a bloody thing. Yes. And then it was. And then it was like, okay, this is unreal. Amazing. Yeah. So it was it was an incredible experience. I would say to anyone... Um, if you're going to do it, do it, but it completely takes over your life.
0: I, I've said no because... I'm um, relieved at that. Yes, for my, that's, and that's why I said no. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of all the... Because you are right, outside comfort zone, I can live with that, but I just feel like one should stick with the several things they may be possibly okay at and not kind of move <laughs> into areas where you know you're not good at.
1: I have a question for you, though. Yes. Do you think you'd be better than David Seymour? Um, I mean, you wouldn't twerk, surely?
0: You boss, wouldn't. no, I don't know that I would. Yeah. I think I'd be a bad combination of unfit <laughs> and inflexible, and just wooden. And, and people no. would laugh at you. Yeah, and you know, as much as being a good sports orchid, I don't need that no. shit anymore. I, I I, 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 I'm pleased for you. My parents wouldn't. My, my, you know, my, my. Kids and you know relatives enjoy it. No, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too serious on you, but I feel like um, because in addition to all the fun stuff, you know, you you got a masters. You, no, no you know, masters. Oh, yeah. You know, we're post-grad, major, whatever. Post-grad. You know, to the, to the, to the a, a bachelor of arts in politics and communication <laughs> studies. Um, but what do you make of the current media environment? You I, I just ask because you've been through lots of it, and then you're out on your own now in a company, a small media, little outlet that's you know doing a cool job and some yeah so what's your sort of
1: well i mean it's interesting because i've kind of had this conversation a couple of times this week with us being in a very fascinating period of time where some people are calling it the democratization of media whereby anyone that's got a phone and a tiktok account or an instagram or it can be can 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 sort of do it so i i feel yet
0: can i just add in there and then let you go at it on the other side of it and i'm not being political here I just you've got RNZ and TVNZ potentially coming together in this massive wildebeest of a thing that's going to kind of you know run the show.
1: Yeah and I I sort of feel like I feel like we're in a a, a, an interesting time where there's a massive saturation of information and misinformation and everyone wanting to be um, someone. There are people on TikTok that do not have journalistic qualifications no. that are like doing their little, holding their little microphone and they got analysing things. And yeah, their yeah. own facts. Yeah. So we're in a, a, an interesting stage. One thing I have really been kind of, I guess, concerned by is particularly through the pandemic is that, is the relationship that the public has with, I guess, let's call it the mainstream media. And, I I worry, I worry for society. Uh, th- there are behaviours that have happened mm. that cause people not to trust various pockets of the media, right? Yes. Um, and so that worries me because then people look for alternatives yes. and there are so many alternatives that aren't bound by rules or don't follow rules or march to the beat of their own agenda. And what we, we've seen what effect that has, um, y- you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump has a lot to answer for, for, you know, fake news and um, peddling that whole um, don't believe the media narrative. And then sometimes I get fr- frustrated when the media is a dick and I'm like, you're, you're not helping yourselves, but then I understand the pressures of media companies by like the powers that be we've got to sell ads we've got to sell clicks we've got, got to do to keep this, going. and so the poor old journos are, are caught up in the in the shit of um their big companies who who need return on investment in that pressuring for for more papers to be sold mm. for more ratings so it's uh, it's a worrying time but i feel like we, i i feel like we're sort of at almost at a peak of like There's just content, 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 content. And I think it will all settle. Right. Well, that's That's my optimistic. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a very optimistic view of life. But thank you.
0: I know that's a really good and I think nuanced um, perspective you got. And, you know, from experience that you've got. I want to talk to you about sort of um, personally. And, you know, one thing that's, I knew this anyway um, from one or two of our mutual friends like Mortz and and others. And, um, but... You know you and you've referred to her, I think two or three times in our chat. I mean, your mum is what I'm presuming is the most important person in your life.
1: She's my best friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And does that
0: look, raise problems being your best friend? I mean, does she? Can she still? Is she still capable of giving you a telling off or you don't oh, need yeah. those anymore? Oh right. yeah.
1: Yes. No, she does. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I know not to mess with her. Well, I pick my battles, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, we we have um a, a wonderful relationship and we're very, very similar. Um, and she's just so, like, what I've watched with her over the years, I mean, she's done some amazing things, um, like swimming the cook straight, for goodness sake. Um, well, wow. And, and, athleting and that, but what I've always, like. What were her sports? Well, she was, well, she was surf lifesaving and swimmer. Wow. Um, and then, and then she got into like, coast to coast, Ironman. Amazing. Long things as well. I feel like when you're when you're younger, you're you're probably not learning and appreciating as much the type of qualities and the type of person. But what I can reflect on now, which I think is absolutely incredible, is that she's always been unashamedly herself, um, and she's always been a really strong woman. But what we've seen is, you know, in the I guess late nineties, early two thousands, and stuff, as she was sort of stepping out herself more in kind of public-facing roles in in local government is that she was still under that whole um, stroppy, uh, you know, words like stroppy, outspoken, outspoken councillor Joe Kane, Which
0: for a man would be kind of strong and decisive or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: So, and, and, you know, and she would, would tell it like it was and, you know, not everyone liked that. And so quite often she would be, you know, oh, that Joe Kane. And it's like, but she never wavered, you know. She always stuck to her guns and she never, like, put up with people's crap. And so when I look at that now and think, here's this woman who has always had people's best interests in heart now you might not agree with her, but you mm. but you can still at the bottom line say I know that at least what she's doing she's giving 110 percent and I might not agree with it but boy oh boy I admire that yeah. you know she and and you know a classic example is she you know she sits to the to the left of center but she, you know she she'd always have great sort of banter and relationships with um like Jerry Brownlee and Stephen Joyce, even though she'd never vote for them. But that, you know, that's that kind of person that she is, realising that you you have to work with everyone to sort of be successful. Would you ever go into politics? Oh, God, no. Because? I couldn't think of anything worse. I'm going to say I'd rather shit in my hands and clap.
0: (laughs) Well, you've just given us a headline. You know know Um, what I mean? Like... No, I have said. the utmost respect
1: I have the utmost respect for um, people that do it yes. because I think far too often we forget how hard no I and I'm I sorry you, I'm stuck on that I phrase know, you That's, can use it I can might, keep it.
0: Well, not on this podcast but I, I might privately yeah. it may come into my conversation I like that
1: like we get like I've, I've it's given it's very evocative you, I've sorry. given you shit over the years and whatnot, and you know uh, politicians do get a hard time but fundamentally and way more so now with social media and that but People, it's a thankless bloody task, you know. It is, and so and it's hard. And you and you know, you get in there, you like, you go in there with your ideas, and you're like, I want to do this, and I want to change this. But ultimately, you uh, you have to sort of kind of toe the party line. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you go in, you voted as an electorate MP, and. You, you can't open a can, silently, <laughs> I can tell you that.
0: It's but, an almighty peach, ginger, sparkling water. I've just said that, so no one needs to edit this show, because oh yeah. so far, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I get you, and I and I agree with you. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like we can't not talk about, you. I mean, you're a serious sports person.
1: I'm an athlete,
0: yeah. How long have you been running?
1: Well, I've always enjoyed running. I ran my first half marathon when I was in my early twenties, and then I kind of in twenties, like mid twenties, and that like I'm living the dream, being a journalist and travelling and stuff. It wasn't actually until like I was I got into my thirties that I that I've started doing like marathons and longer distance stuff. Right. So I don't know. I, I I just I just caught the bug really.
0: Best time in like a marathon or half that you're proud of.
1: Um the the fastest half was an hour fifty. That's good. And the, and my first marathon is still my fastest, which was four fifteen.
0: Cool.
1: Um, test it. But I've morphed away from giving it. Sure, sure. Toss, toss no, no. But time. I just was but, just interested
0: to get a sense yeah, of where yeah. we're at here. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so why do you do it?
1: What I love, like I, I, I really enjoy running. It's kind of my my form of therapy, self therapy, and meditation because i'm not a super spiritual person Mm -hmm. but i love um what i've enjoyed most about it is the mental uh challenges that come with it so no one run is the same and you can go out and have an absolutely shocking day yeah the minute you finish though you will always feel okay and you will always learn something from it and so what i love so much about pushing the boundaries with some of these kind of ridiculously long challenges and that that I'm doing, like the Kepler challenge in December. Amazing. Is...
0: What's that, like 60Ks? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Is that it teaches you more about yourself that you can then pass on into other aspects of your life. So the, 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 the hard days, the good days, the preparation, the looking after yourself, it all passes over into other parts of life. So that's what I love about it is the mental toughness it can give you.
0: I'm, uh, like There's 17 things I want to talk to you about, but we're running out of time. I, one, uh, I, I'm just going to refer to it, and I'm not even, we're not even going to go there, but like one thing I was interested in is that you um, you were in the Territorials. Four years. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And you enjoyed that? CC says me, I'm only going to refer to it. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo-
1: absolutely loved it. Great time. Um, went to Brunei, did a jungle exercise. Amazing. Very, very fond of my time there. Always taught me really good time management as well, and make your bed at the start of the day. <laughs> Every day.
0: Good life lessons. Um, I, There's no sort of, um, there's no perfect way into this. I'm just going to ask you, because I've, see, I've seen you, you have been quite candid about some of this stuff before. I mean, and no one necessarily needs a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner or anything, but is there a Mr. Kane in your life? No, no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and and you, you told Women's Weekly uh, probably oh quite a while God. back. Look, look I'm, this is my eight-minute Google search. Yeah, yeah. Quote: I've been single for thirty oh, years. End quote. Goodness. I mean, what you got? No time for dating. You sort or of not. Do you know the worst? The,
1: do you know the worst thing about that interview is that I joked about that at the end. Like the interview was not even supposed the about that. And
0: put it in. And that
1: was the headline. <laughs> I mean, well, of course, at that time, like, of course, I've been single for thirty years. I am thirty. I've like. Oh, anyway, basically, what's the deal with that? I'd love to meet someone. Yep. I just haven't. Yep. Um, and that's also fine, though. Like, it doesn't define me. I'm not like, ooh, you know, people, society is like, oh, have you found a nice man yet? And I'm like, nah, jeezy. But, you know, and but the worst thing is, Simon, is that as you get older and you've become so used to your yourself and your independence.
0: And those long runs.
1: The lo- but the standards are only getting higher. So I think people probably assume that the longer you're single, that your standards drop. Oh, no. So, no, if, I if, agree if with some that. if some lovely fella is going to come yes. around now, he's going to have to be fantastic. What What
0: would you like? What would give me some attributes here?
1: Um, he would have to be kind, respectful, yep. but also at some in some level intellectually stimulate yep. me. You
0: don't want a doofus. A doofus. You don't want a doofus. We well, just want, want someone that a, you can have. Can't a, hold a conversation with you.
1: Yeah, so someone and someone that is comfortable with you being a strong woman and not intimidated by. Well, I, that was what your I was going to um, ask you because I w-
0: I would. I would think, right, that would be, because as you say, your standards get, I think that's right, the standards get high and rightly so at one level. But, you know, do you think you would be intimidating to, I don't know, Jim the plumber or Steve the accountant because you're smart, you're strong, you're high profile?
1: I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, let's not just say, let's not just pigeonhole Jim the plumber and Steve the um, electrician. Sure. But, you know. Anyone. Terry the Chief executive might also be intimidated. Totally. You know what I mean. So yeah, totally. Terry, the chief executive, <laughs> but but probably more so. Gotta get
0: complaints from Terry now. Probably
1: more so, but um, I, I do think that that's at play. But that, that that doesn't worry me. I'm not like, gosh, I better like power myself down a bit. Yeah, at, at all. So, and, and yours
0: is a modern story, right? I mean, you are a single. I mean, this is the world we live in. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm just really fascinated in is when I did Google you, one thing that came up like 19 times, okay, not 19, maybe two, but is, quote, is Brody Kane dating Ryan Bridge? Have
1: you seen these stories? Oh, that, yeah, that's quite funny. That, yeah, that was, but that was years ago. We went to Queenstown. Well,
0: they still rank quite highly. Do they? Yes, they do.
1: No, but I can confirm that Ryan Bridge and I are not dating. (laughs) But we did enjoy that because it was like, oh my God, we went down to Queenstown together. And people were like,
0: oh. Oh, is that right? So you've seen. Shock, horror. Friends go on holiday together. He's a good guy. Um, What's the future hold for you? Oh, gosh.
1: Um, Look, I... It's funny because you say that at a time where I've just moved into a new house and so life has been quite hectic and I've very much been asking myself that. Uh, over the over the past wee while as well. Um, and I'm kind of a person that has, you know, like a, a one-year goal and, and, and five years. But ultimately, um, I would love the podcast network to expand um, and I would love in turn that to become a bit more of a, like not just podcast, but the people that are involved are creating a bit more um, video content mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I would love to make a few television shows. When I say television shows, I, I probably also mean shows that are not just on television because obviously not everyone's watching normal television, mm-hmm. but I've got a, a few a few goals in that area. Um, and just keep on keep on just giving everything a bloody good
0: crack. Eat your heart out, Rupert Murdoch, Brody Kane <laughs> media is coming at you. Well, I mean, Rupert Murdoch owns Fox News, doesn't he? So <laughs> I, I pick you as a big Fox News watcher. I mean, I don't know. Oh it's just something of, you give off that kind of wing shui. If
1: you ever want to go and watch something and think that this is not real, <laughs> that's when you go and watch Fox News.
0: Um, we wrap up every time with three questions. I've asked every guest so far, and I'm going to ask you, and we call it general knowledge, what single object would you save? From your new going because we've heard you've just gone into one new house. A single object. Hmm. That's well. Is it the your flatmate or the dog? No, it can't be animate. That's a oh. given. Yeah, yeah, We know yeah, you're yeah, going yeah, to yeah. risk and rescue Sparky and Oh well, Sarah and Steve. Um.
1: Okay. So, gosh, I'd say. My, this is the
0: first time in the interview, folks, that Brody Kane is flustered. In my hands are moving.
1: In my office is all my photos and my medals
0: hmm. and like race medals. bibs
1: and stuff. Yeah. So probably the photos and the medals.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. What's the best night out you've ever had? Oh, come on. <laughs> be honest. Have come you, on, give us something. Have you got all day? Give us best. I mean, what doesn't even be best, just to sort of, what's popping into your head right now? Where are you?
1: Oh, You know, like, you know, probably some of the best nights of my life have been at Rhythm and Vines. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going again this year. Um and it's just when you're up on like literally you're in Gisborne it's such a beautiful part of the country, you're you're night three, it's the thirty first, the sun's going down, you're with your best mates on a hill, an epic band is playing and and
0: you're having a wild time. People, do people annoy you at that kind of thing? Come on, hey Brody It's fine. Give me a voice. give me a selfie, Brody. Absolutely fine. It's all part of it, isn't it? All part of the gig. Yeah. You gotta take the good and the bad the yeah. swings around it. What's the best advice given to you and who gave it?
1: Um, do you know what? I actually can't attribute this piece of advice to someone, but it's sort of probably been morphed over the years. Not everyone will like you, and not everyone has to like you.
0: No, that's exactly right. And if they don't, they can shit in their hands and clap.
1: <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? We, Was that it? Did I get that right? Yeah, but you kind of used it in a, in a weird way. So you've got, you've got room to <laughs> improve there. You don't have IP on that. Yeah, I do. But no, I just mean that we, we spend so much time seeking the validation of others, often people that we don't even know. I also appreciate that I'm not the kind of person that everyone wants to listen to or watch or anything, but that's absolutely fine. So once you can sit with that and yeah. not worry so much about that and then um, have your pie, your, your, how, how, how much swearing is allowed on this? Probably not, no, not, not the F right. word, eh? I always like to have... I mean, z- there's,
0: there's probably one worse than that would prefer you yeah. didn't use. I
1: always have what I like we to call a, um, a zero fucks pile. So every <laughs> person should have a zero fucks pile. Right. And, and you should really be aware of what should go on it. Yes. And that's mostly um, worrying about things or people that shouldn't worry you. As long as you listen to your nearest and dearest and the people you trust the most, and they can call you out for being a dick... Yes, um, but not everyone in the whole world has to like you.
0: Oh, it's good advice. It's a good thought. I, I am just going to say this, and I'm not just saying this to be silly or funny. I, I, I'm predicting now. Um, we're not meant to date these podcasts. We want them to be evergreen. But I'm predicting now that Brody Kane, forty nine. Will be kind of like mayor of Tamaki Makara, Auckland, or Christchurch, something. I just see it. I just can see, I, I feel that in you. I've got really? that public issues, quite strong views, high profile. You're
1: not the first person that said that to me this week either.
0: Well, there you go. It must be fate. It's been fantastic to talk to you, and uh, we really appreciate having you on Generally Famous. You've been listening to Generally Famous. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen to them all at stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, if you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps, in fact, you'll get the latest episode automatically. Sounds good, right? Thanks to my producer, Chris Reid. I'm Simon Bridges. Really appreciate you listening. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our Mahi and visit staff.co.nz
1: support. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband.
0: That's me, I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret.
1: In the human race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility.
0: Unless you've been in it, it's it's really tough and really lonely.
1: Yeah, and also this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story
0: has a happy ending.
1: This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had you know had not seen before, who delivered the news just like probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby the human race where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life i feel like i nearly missed out and i got to do it and so i feel really lucky so it's been incredibly positive listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race
0: or wherever you get your podcasts the human race is proudly brought to you by elevate